This is an Alexandrian Media original podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to our show. <laughs> I'm your uh, wait. Huh. That this, was a very musical way to say hello. Hello. Hey, hey, this episode of Culture But Not Really, less uh, pop culture. <laughs> what? Welcome back to our show, Culture But Not Really. I'm your host. Brian Edwards. Again, super musical. And I'm your other host, Stephen Schreiger. <laughs> the actual musical one. And this episode. Ooh, did I just burn you? I'm sorry. I that wasn't was, even listening because I'm too in the moment. That wasn't very nice. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm too in the moment. I didn't even hear it. You are. You know why? On your stage, the spotlight is hitting you. Because I'm not going to. Wait. I forget. I forget the thing. Why'd you? I'm not throwing away my shot. Yeah, that you did it. Cause we've got magic to do. Wow. And we're gonna get popular with this episode. Good for you. I'm getting them all out there. I'm waiting for you to add anything to this episode so far. <laughs> So I'm just going to keep making musical puns of the musical songs I know. We're not in Saltale City for this one. Oof. Okay. I'm going to stop you Hello. there. Hello. I'm going to continue to stop you My there. My name is Brian Edwards. And Again, I would like to share with you this wonderful episode. The, we're going to stop with that one. <laughs> well, let's get the episode going then so we can stop. So I can stop making terrible music puns. Yeah, so if you couldn't already tell, we're going to be talking about... Musicals. Mu- Thank you for continuing to steal my thunder. Welcome. We're going to talk about musicals today. We're specifically going to talk about our favorite musicals because, again, it's been a long week and I couldn't sit down and write a script. This episode's already late. And it's already late, yes, by a few days. We so. had a wedding this weekend and then the weekend before was just busy because Stephen had to work. Yes. He had his own kind of musical that he had to be in charge of. Yes, and I will talk about what that is and what musical it is because it's, it's, not, it's stuff. It's, it's kind of re- it's kind of very reductive to call it a musical. It's not a musical. But um so but congratulations to my wonderful friend Ashley on her wedding, whose wedding we went to this past weekend. Um, yeah, and congratulations, this, congratulations, and I'm gonna give a shout out to my coworkers Bill and Camille for the inspiration for this episode because on our way home after said work event where we were working at the opera, we were listening to musicals and we were talking about our favorite musicals and also talking about our least favorite musicals. So thank you to Bill and Camille for the inspiration. Thanks, Bill and Camille. Um, Wait, that was that sounded shady. Thanks, Bill and Camille. Thank you. All right, so let's just get right right into this shit. Um, favorite musical? Go. My favorite musical? Yeah. A little night music. Stephen I knew Hotline. that about you. Yes. Um, I've never seen it, and I don't know the music, but I know that it's your favorite. I want to save that one for my last, though. Um, Is it bad if I don't have like a favorite favorite, but I have like a collection of favorites that I have for different reasons? Yeah, I mean that's what we're going to talk about. That's kind of what I was going into it with. Like I don't think I have like a number one. So if you were to ask me, I don't think I mean I I have a definite number one. But anyway. What are the parameters? What's the rubric for these for this these, episode? These favorites of ours. So we can talk about our favorite three. Oh jeez. Or our four. Oh jeez. 
Uh, how many are you looking for? Because oh. I, I don't want to be. Ch- I I, I want to. I want to be concise, but I want to make sure that we're doing it. Oh my gosh, you're counting on your fingers. I have like five or six. I forget. All right. Well, I don't have to be like specific on all of them. Can you combine a few of them? <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's no. not how this works, babe. So we're in the talk- Marvel Cinematic Universe where there's just one big long story. So. Let's talk about our favorite three, what they're about. We can have honorable mentions. Okay. And then we're also going to talk about our least favorite. I don't know. Uh, I guess I I should say, uh, when you said least favorite, I was like, I don't know if I necessarily. I have a different. I know you you do. I don't know if I have any like least favorites or just ones I'm like, I just don't get the hype. Maybe that's kind of my route. We can do that too. So that's that's as far. uh, Yeah. So we already mentioned that one of my favorite musicals is A Little Night Music. And we've also talked about the fact that one of my favorite musicals is uh, Wicked. But I'm going to exclude Wicked because I've actually never seen it live. I've seen recordings. I've had the album. I've read the books. But I'm going to exclude Wicked because I've actually never seen a production of it. Fine, I'll just talk about it then. We can do that. I don't know if I'll talk about it. I have seen it live yeah. on Broadway. But I think one of my absolute favorite musicals, and this is actually one of the conversations I had with um, Camille and Bill the other day, which is a very, very underrated musical called Next to Normal. Do you know what mu- that musical? No. So I'll give a little bit of a, a, a breakdown. Again, we have no scripts or anything not like our book episode where we could read the back of the the book and have a synopsis. So I'm just going to do my best to paint the picture. So the musical is about a family who is, it's, it's very apparent from the very top that the family is kind of like falling apart, that the, that the, the daughter is, uh, is growing up and she's in her teenage phase where she's like, I want to be out of here. I want to get out of here and ever, and you come to find out that um, that the parents had uh, either a miscarriage or the baby died in infancy, uh, and so that they always the, the girl had a brother, and the mom in in her grief still several several years later um, talks like the baby is is still there, and there's always this character who portrays the the ghost of the baby grown up um, and the mom is seeing this hallucination all the time that the baby is that the bo- the, the baby boy is alive and and convincing her to to do all these um, harmful things to herself um, so um, one thing that really made it quite special for me is um at the end the the family has kind of officially fallen apart um and you see the daughter and the father kind of having this intimate moment with each other where the where she's kind of like you know we may be broken but together we can you and I can and fix this. We can figure this out, and um, and then at the very end, you realize that the father was also having the very same hallucinations um, of of the the son uh, at at an older age, convincing him to do harm to himself and to mm. um, to throw himself into harm's way so that they could be together again. Um, and to, to bring it to the point, uh, one of a dear friend of mine from, from my college days, his name is Dean. He played the father in a production that was done in, in our hometown area, Scranton. And I went to go see him perform. And because it was such a small theater, you, I was like right there. I was like, it was so close and I could see. And 
what really hit me hard was when I was, that was that close and you could see him crying mm. on the stage. And it was just, there's this powerful moment where you realize, Oh shit. He's been ignoring his wife this whole time and saying like, he's not there. He's not there. Like be come be present with us. And the whole time he's been seeing the hallucination too. Oh. Um, and first of all, the music is just absolutely incredible. Um, at the top of my head, I cannot remember. I should probably get my phone and look up who wrote the music, but it is by a, either a composer or a group of composers who did some other very famous musicals. Um, so while you talk about one of your favorite musicals, I'm going to grab my phone and see if I can find it. Okay. So what is one of your favorite musicals? I figured I should talk about probably the most, the one that like has the most special place in my heart. Mm. It's a little musical by the name of Pippin. 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 Does somebody say Pippin? <laughs> I've known that one as one of your favorites for a well, long time. It was back when I was in theater in high school. It was my senior year musical. And so it kind of wrapped up my my senior year with a nice little experience that I can kind of hold sh- close to my heart. Mm. I also fell in love with theater kind of during that experience and I kind of regret not doing more but I just don't have the time in my schedule to try to fit that kind of thing in right now right I hope to maybe like later in life get a little bit more involved in theater but who knows um but Pippin I just find the story so weird and interesting and meta, you know how much I love the meta. Yeah. Not, not, not Facebook meta. No. Not, not the Mark Zuckerberg meta. Fuck that shit. No, <laughs> I'm talking like meta, like the the when things get meta and get too real and then break the fourth wall and everything. I love that kind of storytelling device. And for those that don't know the story of Pippin, I'll do a quick recap. Um, Pippin is the son of King Charlemagne. Historically so, he's an actual king of, right. of France. Right. Um, Pippin, in real life, was a disfigured, uh, like, like, hunchback of a Notre Dame type. So basically Richard III. Sure. I definitely know who that is. <laughs> um, so... But Pippin in the musical is not. He's this young chipper boy who's got dreams of becoming king. And will do so any way he can. Um, and he's constantly like taking the advice and the lead of the second lead of the musical. Literally named Leading Player. That's the title character mm-hmm. of... Um, and that's one. that's to me is one of the roles that... He, that role is what gave me the introduction to the wondrous Ben Vreen. Yes. The iconic Broadway actor. He actually won the Tony for that role. Yeah. Um, but because we watched the performance of him live on Broadway to like get hyped for getting ready to, for the show. Yeah. And it's Pippin's journey through like trying to figure out where his place in the world is. His corner of the his sky. Corner of the sky. He's got to find his corner of the sky. Yeah. Um, but there's there's lots of, like... Uh, like, there's there's undercurrents of, like, war that are constantly going on. There's this idea that, you know, he he is constantly butting heads with his, his step-mom. Mm-hmm. And his stepbrother, who also kind of has has visions of being king, and there's some really great music by Stephen Schwartz in there because there's just so many different kinds of music. It just goes from like these really kind of great 
pop Broadway themes to like some weird, like like uh, Glory is one of those like epic, yeah, sounding musicals. But then also has like just so many genres mixed into just that one song alone. Yeah, and it's got a lot of like. It, well, it's also Fosse. So Fosse directed it originally. Right. And so a lot of his choreography is, is front and center with with a lot of those musical, uh, those, those songs. Um, but the whole story's culmination is that they're trying to kind of aim towards this, this big conclusion. And that is for Pippin to find no he doesn't find any purpose anywhere in life and he will then go and basically commit suicide by setting himself on fire mm. as this big finale and that's supposed to be the big epic ending to this production of Pippin but the thing that I love about it is the show Pippin is a show about a theater troupe putting on the show of Pippin right it's not just Pippin the musical it's a Pippin like it's a story with it's a theater show within a theater show. Right. And so the the main love interest, Catherine, is supposed to just be just the character that's in this production. But in the show, the act the actress playing Catherine actually falls in love with the actual the actor slash character of Pippin, who's being played by this character. Right. And through this whole thing, he, Pippin kind of does find a purpose in Catherine the way that Catherine does in Pippin. And instead of going through with the final, the big finale, he, he refuses. And so the theater troupe just walks out on him. Yeah. And the ending of that, sh- of, of Pippin and spoiler alert, but it's also been on, you know, out in the, the world for 50 years at this point. Yeah. Um, but the ending of the show is just, Pippin, Catherine, and the actor who plays Catherine's son standing on stage in basically their underwear. Right. And Pippin sadly sings his big anthem, Corner of the Sky, in pitch black with no band or anything. Right. Because it's literally like he he got a band, he's an actor abandoned by his theater troupe because he refused to actually die in the big finale of... Yeah, and that's part of it too. Is every the, the idea and the meta of the of the story of Pippin is every production of Pippin, that Pippin is supposed to be a brand new actor playing Pippin for the first time, which is why sometimes he stumbles and sometimes he he misses his cue, which the leading players quick to like get him back on track in yeah. a very snappy witty way. And I just find it the story interesting, and I have a lot of nostalgia tied to that show. Yeah, it's also where my theater teacher. Um, Mrs. Enterline. Hi, Mrs. Enterline, if you're listening, but I don't think you are. Um, but she told me that I was the most professional person she ever worked with at that point, and I felt very honored. Yeah. Um, so I found out who wrote the music to Next to Normal, Tom Kitt. And I feel like absolute dog shit Probably. for forgetting yeah. all the stuff that I'm he sure. did. Yeah, totally. So um, just to name a few, besides Next to Normal that he did in 2008... He wrote with Lin Manuel Miranda the Bring It On musical. Hmm. Um, he did one of my other absolute favorite musicals, If Then, in 2013. Um, he composed the opening title for the season three finale of Penny Dreadful. Um, he did the Freaky Friday musical. He did. Um, New songs for Grease Live. Um, he did orchestration. He did orchestrations and arrangements for the SpongeBob SquarePants musical. Um, he's done stuff for American Idiot, the musical, um, Pitch Perfect two vocal arrangements, um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. But those are the most recognizable names that he's got. Um. If Then is definitely a musical that I would also love to talk about. But again, like Wicked, it's something that I've never actually seen in person. Um, so I 
that one has a special, the music of If Then has a very, very special place in my heart. It got me through a very tough time in my life. Um, and um, yeah, but instead, I think I would like to talk about one of um, my least favorites. I'm going to kind of go that direction before I, I bring myself back up. Uh, and it's sad to say because I really do admire the composer, but unfortunately, um, my Just least favorite thing Just is Rent. Yeah, I don't like Rent. I'm sorry. I know. I know people really truly do love Rent. You just got canceled, by the way. I so my problem with Rent, I get no joy out of watching Rent, and I get it. So that's one. It's one of those kinds of pieces that is supposed to be a very big statement about about AIDS, about um, homosexual relationships, about um sticking it to the man and about being that bohemian and being artistic and, and sticking to who you are and, um, and all those good positive vibes. But I just think that it just, I don't know. I, I feel like because the music is so heavily rock that it really truly just doesn't, the, the messages don't sit as well in that form of music to me personally. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm honestly not the biggest fan of rent. I feel like rent's kind of one of those that you just sort of are told is good besides actually like actually liking cause it's good. Well, f the other side is everybody knows from listening to this podcast, I work, I'm a musicologist I'm a historical musicologist and I work in an opera academy. And Rent is just a modernization of the opera La Boheme. And so to me... That's what I always say. I, I always so to me, that. at the same time, I'm kind of like... I love when something is updated for the time. I like when something is adapted. But I just don't think that Rent was a good adaptation of La Boheme. I just don't think it it held up. Um, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know that many of you probably do really enjoy Rent, but I just can't. I just don't. I will never go see a production of it again. Um, and um, yeah, so I shall move on from there and let you talk about your next thing. Should I talk about one of my least favorites? You can talk about one of your least favorites. I will say I don't like this musical mainly because the music I've heard of it. I'm not, I just don't find very interesting. And from what I know of the story, it's not a story I, I like feel comfortable watching, but I don't like Phantom of the Opera. Um, I agree. I just don't, I just, I feel like it's one of the, it, it gets a lot of like praise for being one of the, it gets a lot of praise for being one of the longest running Broadway sh like shows. Yeah. And it's like well known by everyone. I just don't like it. I don't understand why it's so hyped. I don't either. You know? It's never, it's never crossed my mind. Like I've, I've read synopsises and I also, it seems like one of those kind of musicals that would feel very long. Yeah. It is like very I feel long. like you'd like sit down and kind of like there are shows I've seen and I've seen a, a decent number of Broadway shows actually on Broadway. Uh, I will tell you that Phantom of the Opera is the only show I have seen on Broadway, New York. <laughs> you sound real salty about that. It is uh, a, <laughs> You're a like, bit. That is the only one I've seen. A bit. It uh, is the only one. And every single time it was because I had no other choice. And I... Oh, I did have one time, but I did have a choice one time because I bought the tickets because I was giving somebody a Christmas present. <sighs> but I digress. I just, yeah, it's, I just, it doesn't stick out to me. I mean, I know Andrew, Le Andrew Lloyd Webber is. Oh yeah. Supposed to be like the, the man of Broadway, but I just, 
it just never it never really sparked in me anything in me and the music I've listened to it just I just find it to be kind of like obnoxious yeah over the top and not in a way that I like about theater and musicals like I have no problem with things being over the top but it just seems like it's trying too hard to be dramatic yeah and I just find it to be try, like a very try hard musical yeah I get it. And I just, yeah. So I just, it's, I've never seen it and I've never really, I not, and I'm not saying that I would, I wouldn't see it if someone was like, here's free tickets to go see it on Broadway, but it's not, I'm not going to search it out myself. Yeah. And I just have no desire to, to like, to waste my time. Yeah. If I'm, you know, going to it myself. Yeah. I would have to be like, in order for me to see that show, I would need to be given tickets, given like transit, like everything, like literally be loaded onto the vehicle of transportation that I'd be like, I don't want to have to move a muscle to see that. Yeah. There only, there's only one song I truly like from that. And even then, even I just kind of like, even if you told me what the song was, I probably would be like, I think the only song that I really like is music of the night, but even that at that point, that's kind of old and done but at again, this point. But again, if you're if that's if that's your if if you have a musical and you only like one song, that's not a good musical. That's not, that's not a good musical. But um, that's going to bring me to the next musicals I want to talk about because I'm going to group two together. What? Um, but before we get there, let's take a little bit of a break. Um, so I have a little bit of a backstory before I get into this next pair of musicals. Um, when I was growing up, my grandmother in her, in her little basement kind of den area had maybe about, mm, about six, seven, probably even more, but I only remember the six or seven, um, videos down on her, on her movie shelf, at least that we could, were allowed to touch, um, and two of those were also Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals. One of them was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yes, I know the other one. Yes, um, which is it's just really one of my favorites. I think I could sing all the words to every song because I've seen it so many times. It is also one of my mother's favorite musicals. Uh, yeah, um, that makes sense. I, <laughs> I have seen a production of it. I've seen two productions of it. One uh, was a high school production. Unfortunately, it was a very good high school production, but either way, but then I saw um, a traveling, um, a traveling production of it as well. Um, and one thing my mom always said about it, especially from the the, the video version with Donny Osmond as Joseph, is I cannot remember her name. And I'm so sorry to this woman. I'm sorry to this man. Sorry uh, to this woman. Sorry to this woman. Um, one thing that I my mom always said, and I totally agree, and only she could really speak about it in, in, the live, in, in live production, but the woman who sang the narrator in the movie was also the I think the one that my mom had seen live Mm. and she said that that woman knew how to sing so well that she was the only person on that stage who didn't need a microphone and which she she, she will always only ever be the, the narrator for me and no one will ever do any better <laughs> but the second one I want to talk about is Cats. Ugh. I really do like cats. I, re- I I know that I know you're probably rolling your eyes saying you like cats, but you don't like rent. But no, like, I, it's, I just don't. I I don't like either. I think I, I I'm somebody who maybe loves I, maybe, how intricate the story of cats is. I might just have gotten so like scarred from all of the cats 2019 movie stuff that I just, yeah. Well, see, like now, I've never seen it. So 
I haven't seen the movie. I've just been inundated by so many memes and people talking about it that I literally couldn't escape it. And I hate the way that they did the CGI in that movie. That I know. It's ruined. It's Which ruined. It. I'll never, I'll never watch it because I don't want to be ruined. Um, but one thing that used to be one of my favorite things to do as a kind of mean thing to my my brother, and I'm sorry, is anytime my brother You're not sorry. Anytime my brother Michael would piss me off as a kid, all I had to do was pop cats into the tape player, and the overture, the eyes that pop up at the beginning of the overture, scared my brother to absolute death, and. It would he would run up the stairs saying, Grandma, Steven's watching cats again. And um yeah. But uh I'm gonna go back to just a second, um, because Brian is holding up his phone and showing me that the narrator in the film was sung by Maria Friedman. Yes. Um again, I will I will reiterate that Nobody else will do a better job at the narrator. And I want somebody to prove me wrong. I want somebody to come in and prove me wrong. That's that the narrator can be done by somebody else. Um, and that ends my next, that ends my next group of, of things before I get to my final one, but I'll let you um, talk about your next one. Hmm. It's a real thinker, isn't no, it? No, it's not at all. So my next musical, it has a similar place in my heart only because I've discovered it and it came out at this, around the same time as when I was in high school. But I used to, with my friend who was in the production of Pippin With Me, would listen to the soundtrack of this musical nonstop, basically the entire time of that production of Pippin. And I got a chance to see a touring production of of this musical but I have not been able to see it on Broadway because for a long time it was nigh impossible to see it on Broadway because of the tickets prices and availability and I am of course talking about I know the Book of Mormon yeah I love that musical so much Uh, I can see why I know you probably are too like hoity-toity no, it's it. not about no, it's not about that. You should like it. You love South Park. I don't I do not like South Park. I thought you used to watch South Park. I used to watch it, but I didn't like it. Then it why was, would you watch it? Because I wanted to st- you, you know me. I love watching train wrecks. I love watching yeah, things. Yeah, why that's why you should love The Book of Mormon. <laughs> no, I I I just I don't necessarily care for The Book of Mormon. Um Well, then shut up. I will, yeah, Shut I will up. let you talk about it. Shut up. Go ahead, talk about it. So, Book of Mormon, for those who are cool and aren't <laughs> Stephen, is a comedy musical uh, written uh, by Trey Parker, Robert Lopez, and Matt Stone. Two of which, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, those who are also cool and not Stephen, <laughs> would know them as the creators of South Park, which is yeah. why I said said the whole thing about South Park. And it's kind of the story from what I understand, and maybe I'm getting this wrong, and this is just what I heard from when I was in high school, but they had on South Park, they had done a Mormon based episode of South Park. Right. And from my understanding, I believe that they had music in that episode because it was kind of a musical one that was up for an award, a music award. I don't know which one, but it was up against the music award with, I believe, uh, Phil Collins, a Phil Collins song. I believe it was the Tarzan, You'll Be In My Heart. Wow. Yeah, I believe they were nominated in the same category for an award. Again, I'm generalizing because I don't want to say anything wrong, but I also want to be too crazy and say something ridiculous. And from my understanding, because... If you know anything about Trey Parker and Matt Stone is they're extremely petty. Yeah. They're very petty people. Their show basically shows that with yeah. everything, every joke that they say, every comment. Yeah. And so when they didn't win this award and Phil Collins won it instead, 
they basically were trying to like make a jab at Phil Collins while also making a jab to the rest of the musical world to say like, because I think they were also getting a lot of like backlash, flack, critic critiques, yeah, a lot of like saying that they should weren't deserving of it, and basically wanted to prove. Phil Collins and the rest of the musical community wrong by writing their own based off of that that popularity of that episode because it was one of their more, more popular episodes was this Mormon based episode. Yeah. So they wrote the Book of Mormon. It centers around two Mormons specifically. Yeah. Uh their elder Kevin and Elder Arnold, I believe, are the two. You'd know better than I would. Um, who and I've seen it. Ori- original Broadway cast was. Um, oh my God, I can see his face now. The original, yeah. So Elder Price, Elder Kevin Price, and Elder Andrew Cunningham were the two main characters of this musical, and originating the the uh original Broadway cast for Elder Price was Andrew Reynolds, who is a pretty big actor in all aspects of acting nowadays. Mm -hmm. And Elder Cunningham was Josh Gad, who is even bigger. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Josh Gad has done a lot since his time on Broadway. Yeah. Um, And the story is about two Mormons who were sent on their their pilgrimage to recruit Mormons to go to Uganda to try to convert uh, some people to the church of uh, Latter-day Saints. And it doesn't go great. No, it the big not. joke about it too, is it starts out with elder price being considered like the best Mormon of the whole church. Okay. And Elder Cunningham, who is the worst Mormon, kind of sloppy, lazy one who doesn't really even pay attention, doesn't even know what the story of the Book of Mormon even is. And it's their story of going to this country in Africa that they have no idea any of the politics or the culture around at all. And they're these pasty-faced white men go to Uganda and try to convert Ugandans to Mormonism. And it doesn't work at all. No. Elder Price goes into basically a mental breakdown, not to mention the fact that he has like some religious uh, back, like like a loss of faith style storytelling. Um, then he abandons his his partner, which causes him even more anxiety and has a whole spooky Mormon hell dream song which yeah. is great um and then elder cunningham in the wake of all of this he's left alone and is sort of stuck trying to continue their mission and decides to try to convert people to mormonism on his own by just making shit up yeah because he doesn't know what the actual story of that of, of joseph smith and and how and mormonism came to be so he just starts making shit up and is just kind of agreeing when people bring up things and ends up kind of making his own version of the book of mormon out of this original book of mormon and the whole thing comes to a head when they start to convert people to mormonism but it's not really mormonism but the church catches wind and is so impressed that they send the like president of the Mormon church to Uganda to like check in with everyone. Cause they're so impressed that so many people are converting only for the Ugandans to put on a production of their retelling of the story of Joseph Smith and his journey to becoming the icon for the Mormon church. And it is the, the fucking most buck wild, hilarious retelling of Joseph Smith. And I never laughed so much originally from listening to the music and then seeing it in person in a show. Yeah. And I just, besides the naysayers like Steven, 
anyone that that likes some some of that like kind of bathroomy style like gross humor it's not even gross it's just it's very blue anyone that likes blue comedy done very well yeah it's it's very very good the music's great and just i i just appreciate it. and I won a bunch of tonys so yeah suck it steven okay um before i get to my final musical i want to do some honorable mentions yeah some that didn't make it i mean i've already mentioned wicked and if then um i also want to mention chess i really like the music of chess why do you sound like such a boring person I love chess. You know me because I love ABBA. So, of course, I want to love chess. Um, I'm, well, you're not going to. You're saying you love ABBA and you're not going to mention Mamma Mia? Yeah, of course. I actually don't really like the story of Mamma Mia, but yeah, I love it. It's kind of trash. It's just, it's just like the music. What about Mamma Mia 2? Here we go again. Ugh, even worse. <laughs> um, again, I love the music, but. Dear God. Yeah, it's because you like it's like you can like the music and not like the show because it's just ABBA. Yeah. Um I think some of my dishonorable mentions are I'm and I'm very, very sorry for this. Just stop apologizing. Just fucking do it. Own it. Own, Annie. Own, yo. I was gonna say Annie. I, I just yeah. And no. I've and I've played Oliver Warbucks. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I played Annie. Oh no! I hated. And I played it's Annie. the worst thing I've ever been in as a musician. It's I was, just not. It's, it's it was, and I was the only adult in a in a cast of children. Yeah, that's, that's I think the, the oldest person there was twelve. Yeah, that's, and that's not a that's not a good environment for a, no. Um, Miss Saigon, absolute trash. I'm sorry. I, I don't know it besides the name. But I don't necessarily think I care. It's also the same people who wrote Les Mis, um, which Les Mis is a wonderful honorable mention to add into this. As long as you're talking about the production of stage and not the movie. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, we won't even talk about the movie. I'm just making sure. Cause I, I feel like I have to say the it. Les Mis movie I need to say it because my mom basically would probably. Bruno. What? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> we don't talk Make, about making that. an Encanto joke in our musical episode. Well, it is a musical. It's a musical movie. I know. Great music. Um, Thank you, Lin Manuel Miranda, for this wonderful gift of music. Yeah, yes. Um. Unfortunately, I. I feel like anything Lin Manuel Miranda, I would like to say, but unfortunately, I haven't seen anything. Literally anything by Stephen Sondheim. Literally anything. Into the Woods. Into the Woods was my first musical that I've ever performed. Um, uh, which is, again, Stephen Sondheim is going to bring me to the ends here. But um, Sunday in the Park with George. Um, Sweeney Todd. Mm. Um, I like the music. I don't like the story. But mm. I like the music of Sweeney Todd. Um, I just found that to be one of those other musicals that got like... It was way too much. Yeah, big boom that I didn't understand, and I just thought like it was mostly because of the movie. And I watched the movie, and I didn't like it, and then I couldn't understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, What else? What else do I really like? Um, I'm sure there are so many, but um, yeah. So. Before I get to my final favorite, do you have any honorable mentions or dishonorable mentions? I have a few honorable mentions for sure. Um, so one of the one of the first. So little backstory. I used to occasionally, before my grandmother passed away, we would I would accompany her into New York City, like once a summer. And because she was old and decrepit, just kidding, she was sprightly up until the end. Um, but because she was old, she could get to the front of the ticket lines in Broadway, right? Uh, on in Times Square, the Broadway ticket booths, and so we would just go see shows pretty regularly. And one of the shows that one of the shows I'm going to talk about, one of the shows that I saw, I saw it with with my 
Grandma Pat and my Aunt Ellen. And the day that we saw it ended up being one of the worst days we've ever had collectively. But that show has a special place in my heart because it was the, at the time, the gayest thing I've ever seen on God's green earth. Yeah. And that was Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yeah. And the music is, I mean, it's a lot of like 80s disco and pop, but like it's all like, it's like Madonna and, you know, it's Rain and Men. But we went into this musical, the three of us, not knowing anything about it. And I was already out to my family, so it wasn't like I was like having a gay awakening or anything. But <laughs> we went in not knowing a single thing. And me and my grandma, my grandma sat in between the two of us. But me and my aunt, as the musical started, it starts with a uh, drag queen on stage singing It's Raining Men. And then men in nothing but Speedos and Every Call of the Rainbow start dancing on stage next to her. And me and my aunt look at each other, like do a slow turn to one another and just sort of give each other the look of like, is this what we think it is? Only for us to both sort of look at my grandma and kind of like, questionably look down and go like is she gonna understand what's going on yeah and we're watching it and i'm i'm loving it because it's just gay 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 and then when they get to intermission we get we look at to grandma pat and go grandma do you understand what's going on do you know what's the show's about she goes it's about drag queens but i love it's all the costumes and the music and the light it's all so wonderful oh my grandma was so wonderful yeah um but I just thought I love that I have that little story with me every time I think about Priscilla Green in the Desert. It's again, it's the story's, you know, it's eh. not it's nothing special. I'll say that, but it's a fun time. Yeah, and I have that fun story to have with me for the rest of my life for it. Yeah, um, but I also have like the producers. I love that show. Yeah, that's a good one. The music. I mean, I, I love Mel Brooks, and he's just a talented person. Yeah, um, and even um, I have some like. Like the Music Man was another one of the theater shows that we did. Um, Guys and Dolls, that's a great one too. Kind of like those were just ones that I remember, you know, being a part of in high school. And luck be a lady tonight. Shaboopy, 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 the girl who's hard to get. Yeah, Um, I mean, I've I've performed in so many musicals. I sometimes forget. I, this is gonna be a weird one to to list, but I actually kind of like Shrek the musical. <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> wow, way to clip. Anyway, um, what's your last favorite? My uh, let's get so this started on the way to wrapping up. Let's go back full circle. So I, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, my favorite musical of all time is. A Little Night Music. A Little Night Music by Stephen Sondheim. And I just think that it is one of the most... And this is this is why I like it, and I'm going to sound like such a freaking douchebag. But it is one of the most intricate and intellectual musicals. I just I have, like how you think just now you're going to start sounding like a douchebag. I know, right? One, it's so... It's so intricate. It is so well done. I originally was not going to be performing. And I was so a little bit of backstory. When I was uh, in college, we were, um, we, we were going, we were performing that musical. It was the year before uh, the, so we only did a musical every two years and the musical we did the, the two years before that, um, was Pippin. Um, I didn't, I was only a senior in high school at that point, so I didn't get a chance to do it. Um, so the, when we did a little night music, it was the, the year that it was my sophomore year and sophomore year was also the year that I came out, which was a very difficult time in my life. Wait, you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to talk about, 
about that time. But as, as a result of the difficult times that I was going through, I made it very clear to the entire music staff that I was not going to be involved in the musical because everybody was asking me to either be in the musical as Frederick, as the lead man, or to be in the orchestra as the principal trumpet. I was having two sides asking me to be a part of the musical in some fashion. And I, first, because I'm, I'm a trumpet major, I was approached by my trumpet teacher first and asked to be in the, in the musical. And I told him, no, that I just needed some time to, uh, just need time for some time for myself. Um, which then when the people in the music theater department found out that I wasn't going to be in the orchestra, they asked me to audition for the lead man, uh, because I was a voice major in my freshman year and they had all heard me sing and wanted me to be in the musical. Um, to which I said, I already turned down being in the orchestra. I would hate to turn, I would hate to also just go into being the lead man and having turned down being in the orchestra. So they found somebody else who was a local guy and he was a local light engineer for a lot of theater, theater companies in the area. And he just happened to be the light engineer for this musical as well. So he also could sing and because that role really only needs singing. He really kind of stepped in and, and did the role. Um, but then the orchestra really started to suffer and needed my help. Um, mm. So I, I agreed. And, and I don't mean suffer um, in the trumpet section because I had two wonderful colleagues that were in, in the orchestra but I, if I remember correctly, they were having some scheduling conflicts. Um, and I, if I remember correctly, there was something where they couldn't be there one, one of the nights. So they needed somebody else to kind of be there. So we doubled up on parts and um, I eventually ended up playing in the pit orchestra. And I'm very, 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 very glad that I ended up doing it. Um, all all the music is in some kind of triple meter, uh, either a three four time kind of waltzing or uh, some kind of like something that you it's always you can always count to three in in the music. Um, the music is also incredibly operatic, which is another thing that I really like about it. Um, the the four um, there's four narrators that kind of interject throughout the whole thing. Um, and all of them are supposed to be played by opera singers. Um, well, and well. we, we had, we had four opera singers in our, in our department that well, stepped well. in and, and, and sang those roles. Um, and it just, the story is incredibly beautiful. The, all the, the various roles have such so they're so dynamic. Um, and I, 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 I have, of course, one of Stephen Sondheim's most famous songs comes from that musical sending the clowns. Um, and, uh, yeah, I literally could talk about in a uh, little night music for a long time. And yeah. I know you're looking at me like, yes, you can, but listen, you talked about about Book of Mormon and uh, whatever musical you were talking about in the beginning. I'm so glad you listened. To I'm me. so glad I listened too. You, I'm I so tuned, glad you I know tuned out. Um, but uh, I'm glad yeah. you know so much about me. I I highly suggest. I mean, in the most recent most recent Broadway production. Um, I almost called her Jessica Fletcher because that's. <laughs> That's, 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 that's how, not, that's not quite right. That's not quite right. Are you talking about Angela Lonsbury? I'm talking about Angela Lansbury. She played, Angela um, Lonsbury. uh, wow. I can't remember. I'm so bad with names and I'm so sorry. Um, everyone just canceled. She played, um, the, uh, Madame Arnfeld. That's what her name is. Um, I'm cancel him. 
And uh, Desiree was performed by Catherine Zeta-Jones. Hmm. Um, and that was a very interesting production. Um, but, yeah. The movie was shit, but I think the, the, sh- the film had um, Elizabeth Taylor in it hmm. um, as Desiree. But um, if you ever have a chance to see a little night music, I highly, highly suggest it. Okay. And I will let you finish off with your favorite. Well, your it's not your like top. A, it's, it's, this, these are not... This is not my favorite favorite. These are okay. all in, in air and in, in... These I've, are all equal in your eyes. Yes, they're all special to me in their own way. Do you know what do you? I want to know if you think, based on what I've already mentioned, if you can think. Oh, about. sorry, I remember which one you were talking about at length was Pippin. That was the other one you were talking yes, about. Yes, thank at you. Since you listen to me so well in life, do you think you can so guess this last one that I want? Let's see. So you talked about Pippin. You uh-huh. talked about Book of Mormon. Uh-huh. Those are the ones that you've talked about the most. Uh-huh. Um, if I had to guess, um. Actually, I don't think I can guess. Wow. Just a little... It's, it's another gay one. Does that help uh, before I just give it away? Are you going to talk about Kinky Boots? Yes, we're going to talk about Kinky Boots! I've, I, I've, I have nothing to say about Kinky Boots because I've actually never wow. seen it. I've never heard any of the music. Wow. Um, all, the only thing I know about it is Cindy Lauper. That's it. So Cindy Lauper did the music and the book for the musical itself was written for the stage by Harvey Feierstein. Yeah. Um, it was actually based off a book by uh, two authors, Jeffrey Dean and Tim Firth. And it's not as gay as Priscilla, but it's still very gay. I mean, I wouldn't know. So, <sighs> Yes, we get it. You haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Um, it's it's actually got a very sweet story. Uh, it's basically about a a guy named Charlie Price, another one, another person whose last name is Price. Price. Um, he is the the fourth generation son in a family business that sells shoes called Price and Son, and they sell shoes in. Uh, London. It takes place in the UK. So even in like American productions, they all have British accents. It's kind of fun that way. Yeah. Um, but the story, to be quick, if I can try to s- summarize it pretty quick, it centers around this this failing shoe company because the shoes are just going out of fashion. They're they're not selling as much, and they're at risk of closing the business altogether, which would leave all the employees out of work. So one night, uh, af- like in, in a back alley in London, Charlie gets, uh, he basically gets mugged by, uh, you know, some hooligans who, he gets saved by a drag queen who basically saves his life and, and, and beats up these hooligans. And sends him on the way. But as they're fighting, as they're doing this little tuffle, um, they the drag queen, whose name is Lola, Lola, reveals that her boots got damaged in the process, and that they're the thing that and the reason why they get broken. And she she goes on this story about how boots. Uh, the, these the kinky boots, these long thigh high boots that that she loves to wear, they break so easily, and she's gone through so many pairs because those shoes aren't made for men; they're made for women's frames, and it's you know they don't make them for the strength of a man who happens to dress up like a woman. So, with this, in order to repay this uh, drag queen for saving his life basically starts a line of kinky boots that are specifically designed with all people in mind. And the whole story is this like kind of heartwarming tale of 
acceptance and overcoming adversity and dealing with homophobic people and also like you know both out in the world and in the workplace and it ends up being the the big culmination is they're going to debut these new kinky boots on like on the runway in fashion week and so it ends up becoming like the the big goal and there's they they become a massive hit but then the fame gets the better of them and then the business falls apart again because everyone gets tired of the way that the main guy is acting because he's getting too full of himself but it all culminates into the big like reunion at this fashion show and they all get up on the runway him included and dress up in these kinky boots to save this this you know budding fashion line yeah and it ends up being a massive hit and then everyone's the, the successfuls yeah and it's just a and part of the reason why it's one of my favorites is it also has to do i mean you know me i'm big nostalgia fanatic yeah and this was actually the last broadway show i saw with my grandma oh and again i got to see two hella gay shows with my grandma and <laughs> she loved this one too yeah and so this will kinky boots will always have a very special place in my heart for that alone yeah miss you grandma pat we miss you but that's uh, all I got. Yeah, that's all I've got too. Um, so let's do our thank yous real quick. Thank so, you, everybody, thank you, for thank listening. You, thank you, everybody. And thank you to our supporters and yes. Patreon members. And thank you, Daryl Banner, for, for our theme, theme song. Yeah. And if you want to become a supporter of our show, because... We could always use some more support. You could do that on patreon.com slash really cultured. You can uh, uh, contribute at the $1 level for general support or get bonus content at the $5 level. And eventually. Yeah, eventually gonna, bonus content. Eventually bonus content we're going to have up there. Yeah. Uh, it is currently the summer hours at my job now, so we may have some more time. Yeah, it's yes. been it's been a, it's been a, a busy. It's been six very months. Busy month that we've been talking months. about having. It's been very very busy. Yeah, we've been planning our own wedding. We've been going to other people's weddings. Work has just been insane. Yeah, for both of us. But um, yeah, so thank you for joining us for this very musical episode. Um, if you enjoy this this show and you like at least half of the people on this show, there's there's another show you can listen to with half of the people on the show. Yeah, uh, I can... took a bit of a break um, after being a audiobook narrator and producer for a book that's coming out soon. Um, the book is called Summoned, and the author is J.P. Jackson. It is a um, male male romance novel. Um, that we will be doing some promotion for soon. I got the okay to start talking about it the other day. I know all about you it. You know all about it. Um, I got the inside scoop. I can say that if you are somebody who is into male-male romance novels, you definitely might like this. Um, it's got everything. It's got everything. Um and then, yes, um, because of that, uh, the Composer Chronicles was on a bit of hiatus for a bit, um, but I have some stuff that's coming out very shortly. Uh, I won't say anything now because I'm not too sure what the schedule looks like yet, but I will be starting back up next week. But there's also plenty you have to catch up on if you haven't oh, yes. even listened to it first. So, Yeah. Um, so, yeah. when um, And you can listen to that podcast and this podcast on any podcast platform and you can tell all your friends to listen on any of those platforms um i know it's weird to say you can listen to this podcast on whatever platform because you're already listening to it on whatever platform you're listening to tell your friends that they can listen to it but you can tell your friends thanks brian you can tell your friends to listen to it on whatever platform you know you can also do that you can you can do while listening to this wrap up you can you can rate and review yeah or you, you can, can share that. you can share it on your social media in general with all of your fan base and you know your your you don't even have to tell anyone you can just, just share it on Facebook share it on Twitter share yeah. it on Instagram you know what we should call all of our closest friends now fans all of our friends all of our friends are our fans now 
all 21 of them. Yeah. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Thank you, guys. I'm Steven Schweigar. I'm Brian Edwards. And we'd like to ask you, are you feeling really cultured today? I guess so. Bye. Alexandrian Media, Art and Culture for the Modern Era.